You are listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Hey, wow. You know what? The imagination now. Everybody has changed. Now they're getting so uh, creative in terms of their thinking and what they can do. Man, it's, it's, this is the best I've seen. Yeah, when you jump that damn high, you got a lot of time to pick up the floor. Reads a drop down. Kobe! And welcome back to Hardwood Radio. Today we are joined by a very special guest with a very beautiful first name. I have to say to start the show, very exciting show today. Kevin, how you doing today? Great, how's it going with you? I'm great, and Ben, how are you doing today as well? Oh, very good. For listeners who don't know, uh, Kevin is my number one nerding out friend for basketball. So basically, whenever something exciting happens in the NBA, uh, we're just talking about it for hours and hours and trying to see <laughs> all the uh, ramification of certain deals. And this week, guys, for us, it's a bit like Christmas. It's the NBA trade deadline next Thursday, and... Um, Shit has already hit the fan. <laughs> There's already already deals, and we're very happy to uh, discuss them right now. No, exactly. So let's just start with the two trades that were happened today. Uh, let's start with the first one. Orlando sends Tobias Harris to Detroit for Brandon Jennings and Ersan Ilyasova. Guys, explain to me the trade and the players in that trade. Kevin, you want to go? Yeah, sure. Um what what Detroit gets in Harris is is a huge upgrade at, at a position that they've been kind of lacking for a little while. They've been playing uh, Anthony Tolliver and Marcus Morris at sort of a a small four, big three at, at certain times, depending if Stanley Johnson is in. Um, but Harris brings them a lot of rebounding. He's a, a guy you could put into a small ball four lineup. And it's uh it's it's a really nice move on their part, and they only had to give up someone that they tried to get rid of anyways in Brandon Jennings that they they've been trying to to move him since they brought in Reggie Jackson. Absolutely, uh, I would say also that uh, uh, Tobias Harris is more athletic and a better defender right now than what they have at the four, which was Ersan Eliasova. And it will give them a lot more versatility, a lot more unpredictability in their sets because he has good, decent rebounding. He's shooting for 33, 34, something like that. It's good for, for a guy at his position. And he has, he has a very good mid-range game. So he, he's very, very good pick-and-roll player. And he's, you never know. You'll never know when he's going to be rolling to the rim, when he's going to be popping. It's going to be very interesting to see what Stan Van Gundy does with him. Absolutely. Do you think Detroit got better with this trade? Did Orlando really lose any good assets or was just a trade of, of uh, principles for both sides that uh, got a thing they needed on each side? And this is an inter- intriguing trade for Orlando. Do you agree with me, Kevin? Oh, absolutely. There's. Because, uh, go ahead. Th- there, there was... Uh, I don't think that they were ever really in love with Tobias Harris, even though they signed him to a four-year, $64 million contract, which is funny. Um, 
But but the idea of having Brandon Jennings in, in that lineup with the, the amount of athleticism, the pick and roll with a guy like Aaron Gordon could be very, very interesting. Brandon Jennings has been has shown sometimes to be a, a, a maybe a A minus player, a guy who's right on the brink. When he gets hot, he's unbelievable. Oh, definitely. And but the, what I'm really curious about is that both uh, Jennings and Ilyasova are expiring deals. Mm-hmm. And what is the, what is the hide? Are they going to make a push for Blake Griffin? Because if they did, they just cleared 16 millions. $16 million in contracts. Wow, uh, interesting. They might, they might make a push for Blake Griffin, I think, but uh, they get uh, intriguing it, assets. And, here's a question, Ben. When you talk yeah. about the push for Blake Griffin, are you talking about now being traded him now or in the offseason? Oh, right now, that's for sure. Okay, so Maybe, he's on his way out because mm-hmm. he's suspended by the club still, but uh, is he going to get his way out now? Is he on his way out of the L.A. like the next couple of days? The big rumor is yes. The big rumor is that he's being shopped around and that Doc uh, Rivers doesn't want to talk about it, but he's going to have to uh, shop him around because the Clippers are playing great right now. And let's be uh, fair, we uh, really didn't mention it a lot, but Blake Griffin punched a trainer, if I'm not mistaken, and that's the reason why he's suspended. Apparently, he repeatedly punched him in the face. Exactly. You... He repeatedly is the even more important <laughs> word here. Kev, did you hear more than me about that? I didn't follow very well. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um, <laughs> apparently, it was uh, it's it's someone who's a very good close friend of him. Uh, he was out to dinner with DeAndre and uh, and this uh, personal trainer or team trainer, and it's a guy that's quite close in a, in a very friendly way with most of the team. So I think the team kind of took it in a bad way as well. Um, but yeah, there's that's a it seems to be a huge fallout from that from that situation. And just one more thing, if I can, on uh, on on Ilyasova and and the whole Orlando situation. Now that they bring in a guy who's a stretch four like that, like Ilyasova, they have a chance to move Channing Fry, which they've been trying to do all year, and they've been really wanting to in the past few days, apparently. So Channing Fry gets you another eight million dollars off the books if they really want to go after Blake. <laughs> and they have, and in case it doesn't work, um, if they trade Channing Fry, well, they have a perfect, uh, they have a perfect rotational big in order to give Aaron Gordon a starting job. I mean, Aaron Gordon can jump right over the moon. I think it has been established in the um, in the All-Star game uh, last weekend, but he's a very good player too, and he's deserving of a starting spot. So I think um, Orlando has their bases covered here. You mentioned the All-Star game. We'll touch it later when we're done uh, talking about the trade. We'll talk about the dunk contest and the controversy there of who won, who should have won, <laughs> and the All-Star game the next day. Let's go to the second trade, gentlemen. Memphis is uh, acquired. P.J. Hairston and Chris Anderson. It's a three-team trade. Charlotte gets Country Lee and two second-round picks. Courtney. And, uh, country, uh, yeah. And uh, Miami gets Brian Roberts. Jeff, what do you think? Yeah, this is this is basically a move for for Courtney Lee. This is a, a Charlotte bringing in a guy who could really knock down some shots for them, which is something that they've been missing, um, especially now that they're going to have a little bit more playing minutes available with um, Michael Kidd Grilkers going down for for a long time now with um, with a torn labrum. He's going to have surgery, I think, in the next few days. Um, but that's a nice move for, for, for Charlotte to get a three-point shooter like that. The only thing is that they get rid of a young guy like P.J. Hairston, who although they 
apparently have not got along with since um, his uh, assault case uh, last last uh, offseason. Uh, he's a guy that's very interesting, and Memphis gets a, a, a quite a nice young player in him uh, that could develop into something big in the next few years. I agree. Uh, Kev, I think you know how much I like uh, P.J. Ayrston. Absolutely. I I think I haven't been shutting up about him since he was drafted last year. (laughs) I think uh, this trade was initiated by Charlotte because they wanted a guy who could defend and improve uh, their uh, shooting game because uh, um, MKG went down. Because Mm -hmm. I don't think uh, I don't think uh, Memphis would have been interested in trading uh, Courtney Lee if there wasn't such a good prospect as P.J. Hairston uh, dangled in the trade. P.J. Hairston is a nasty guard. He's a very, very smart player too. He's a good defensive uh, guard. He can read his cover, call for switch on defense. I, I love everything about that guy on the court. Apparently, he's crazy. But I think he fits uh, Memphis's culture very well and he's going to blossom there. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're looking at the big trades coming in the next couple of days, we had those two today. We talked about Blake Griffin. Any other player that teams are openly shopping around in the next 48 hours? Um, which, which, which one are your favorite suspects, Kev? Uh, I think the big, one, the big one has to be Dwight. Uh, Dwight Howard in Houston. It seems like every other... Every other tweet coming out of it of the NBA from insiders is something about how Houston is talking to Toronto or Charlotte or Atlanta about Dwight Howard, um, and he's he's a big piece. It's a it's a Toronto. huge chunk. That's a guy who could take you to uh, another level for sure. Wow, you so you, you mentioned Toronto. That would be intriguing to me because if he can fit with the type of team they do have of a team that's positive, jokingly the. DeMar DeRozan and Lowry, the, the, the relationship they have is a fun, happy, chirping. Mm-hmm. It's a very different type of relationship. I don't know if Dwight Hours can fit there, but if he does, he might be the type of player they need to uh, jump that last step to become a powerhouse in the league. The only thing I'm worried about uh, Dwight going to the Raptors is the pace. They've been a very up-tempo team this year. They've been very aggressive. I don't know how he fits in the open court team anymore. In his 8A, in a Back in Orlando, it would have been great. Right now, it looks a little bit lumbering to me. I don't know if you agree with me, Kev. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know if that's a good fit for him at all. You saw how quick Houston, the pace was in Houston, how quickly they played. And he, offensively at least with them, he was he was a little lost. He was something mm. completely different. They had two games, essentially. They have their regular pace, and then you throw it down to Dwight every you know, 10 times a game, maybe. Is there yeah, a team left out there, gentlemen, that is willing to gamble on Dwight Howard again? It's been many teams now that it hasn't worked out. L.A., Houston now. Uh, what's what's wrong with, the, with Dwight Howard? We tried to answer that question, and me and Ben couldn't really get an answer. And is there a team left that's willing to gamble money on him? Oof, I don't know about that. I mean, um, I, I'd like to think Atlanta would be an interesting fit. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that would be either that. I have another uh, thing that we'll talk about a little bit later about um, him going to Brooklyn. Oh my gosh! In 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 an idea where I mean, you, he kind of needs someone next to him that that could help him out, um, space the floor a little. Because if you have a guy a little bit too close to him, 
then it doesn't work. You saw how he was when Josh Smith was really playing well at the end of the season last year in mm-hmm. Houston. It kind of reinvigorated Dwight a tiny little bit. There was a little bit more energy in his game. And I think having a guy like Thad Young, who has a decent mid-range game, not so much as three points, but he has a decent mid-range game and he could mm-hmm. rebound really well. Doesn't really play that strong of a defense, but Dwight in Brooklyn next to Thad Young, I think that could be quite interesting. That would, yeah, that would be interesting given what I think Brooklyn can give back to um, Houston. I like that idea, but I think the safest bet is Atlanta because yeah. if the listeners don't know, uh, Dwight is actually from Atlanta, and since he's he's past his prime and is slowly fading into the sunset, I think it would be uh, kind of a Cinderella story for him to not win the championship in Atlanta, at least. <laughs> Another big suspect, gentlemen. Another big name. It's been two now. We talked about Blake Griffin, Dwight Howard. Is 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 Steph Curry going to get traded? I don't know. Nah, I'm just nah. getting excited here. But, uh, <laughs> there, 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 there are there are a category of guys who just aren't going to get traded. Like well, how Curry, about a, another big name, maybe? Another big name, Kevin Love. Kevin Love has been dangled in transactions left and right. I think it would be the best interest of the Cavaliers to trade. What, uh, what do you think, Kevin? I think the the only thing with uh, with trading Kevin Love, and I totally agree with you that that it would be in the best interest of the team to not have him with uh, with LeBron and Kyrie as as a big three. Um, the only the only issue is as right now, if you move him at the deadline, I don't know if there's a move out there that can improve you to the point where you could beat the top three out of the West in OKC, San Antonio, or Golden State. I don't know if there's a package that brings you in and you're immediately a better team. Here's an idea, gentlemen. We talked about the last two players we just talked about. Could Dwight Howard be an option for Cleveland for replacing a big name as Cal Love, Kevin Love, and be that big three name? Oh, my God. This is um, because there would be a place for him on the starting five, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a very good question. What do you think, Kevin? Oof, I don't know about that. I, I, I think given how determined LeBron is to get another ring, I think maybe the the questions that have come up about Dwight's uh, work ethic in the past few years, that might be a bit of an issue. I don't know how their relationship is, but I, th- I think it might be a bit of a – uh, a quarrel between them, a little bit, uh, a little bit of a tension, um, unless unless it ships Dwight into a into a better mind frame, into a more um, you know winning now attitude. Because but I think Kevin Love in Houston would be very very interesting, considering uh, the whole Maury Ball situation that they've had for the past few years. Because you give Kevin Love to Houston, and you get Dwight, and maybe I don't know Sam Decker. I'm okay with that trade. I'm okay wow. with that trade on both sides. Um, Dwight is a clear upgrade over Timofey Mozgov. I think sure. I, I think I think uh, Houston should bite the bullet on Timofey Mozgov's contract uh, for for it to work. But it would be a great uh, win now gam- uh, uh, extreme gambling move because right now they're Cleveland's not winning the championship. He's not no. winning the championship. Whatever he might try to do. Uh, Golden State, I don't think, I don't know how many body can build Golden State right now. The only yeah. way Cleveland wins the championship in 2016 
is if they make a big move right now. They got two days left to do that. The only way they can get better than a team with Andre Drummond and Steph Curry in them is to get a, like five freaking big names. That it's, They need to do a big coup. So is it possible for Cleveland to pull it off in the next couple of days? We, we were like speculating with the love and maybe Dwight Howard. And you did a lot of crazy trades on your ESPN trade simulator. Oh, I have no idea. You have no idea. So is it, can we expect a coup? We saw the Toronto Blue Jays in baseball do a great trade deadline coup. We see it happen once a year usually in the NHL. Usually in NBA, there's different, but big names, it's rarely that they, outside of Dwight Howard, they don't necessarily get traded. Now we're talking about Griffin, Howard. Is it the year we see a big coup that changes the game? I don't think Cleveland is up for a big coup. I think the only way they win the championship is if uh, Steph Curry and uh, Draymond Green makes a face-to-face with their cars and like are out for the season. <laughs> I, I, don't know how else, I don't know how else they would do it. But uh, they don't. They are too strapped for cash right now. They are wrapped up in the salary cap. They are, uh, I think, over 10 million in the, the uh, luxury tax, and they just don't have the assets anymore. They are dangling Eamon Schumpert to anybody who wants to hear. But do you really want a guy who has an iffy shot and has a history of bad knees, and you want to you want to give good assets for that? I'd say no. So I don't think they're going to move. Kevin, what did you think? No, yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh, they've been linked to uh, to Costa Kufis in the past few days. There have been reports of them uh, looking into bringing him in as a as an upgrade over Timothy Mofskov. Um But no, I, I don't think there's there's a big move in Cleveland to be made unless you're gonna take that big Kevin Love bomb and drop it. Uh, I don't think there's a, there's a move unless there's a small tweak here and there. But there there's not a move to put them over the top. I don't think. I heard that uh, there, um, um, Milwaukee is interested in Matthew Delavidova, so maybe they can yank an asset out of them. Otherwise, I don't think. Ooh, from Milwaukee. Uh, I mean, depends on, on Who how... Who wants uh, to go to Milwaukee? Yeah, that's, <laughs> me, that's, that's a huge question. <laughs> Literally, like, can you imagine? It's Thursday afternoon. You're, you get a phone call, so you're already stressed because somebody's calling you on deadline day. It's your general manager. You're like, damn it. I'm getting traded. Fine, where I'm going. Milwaukee? God, God damn it. At the very least, they have a very promising young team. They have Jabari, Giannis. There's something there. Just you have to be in Milwaukee, hey, unfortunately. They can always say that they're the one in 24-1. and one. And they have uh, nobody who can shoot on that team, which is a huge problem. I don't think yeah. Matthew Delavidova can sh- shoot anyway, so for all that matters. <laughs> he fits there, though. That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> Ben, we talked about your trade uh, geeking today on the ESPN trade machine. What are the oh. possible trades? Like, uh, I know you had a lot of fights, but what are the possibilities <laughs> that are can be realistic? Like, what are the realistic trades that you made today? Kevin, you want to start? Well, with the re- more realistic trades. Okay, sure. Um, I think there's a, there, there's a move in Atlanta to be made, at least a few of them. Um, mm-hmm. They've been looking at moving out Al Horford. He's an expiring contract. Um, there's Jeff Teague, who has been kind of <laughs> forced out of his comfort zone because of the, the great play of Dennis Schroeder. 
and it's kind of forced Atlanta's hand into deciding whether to give this young uh, German point guard uh, the reins and, and let him take over. This isn't a team that's that's ready to compete. They're not last year's team. This isn't uh, mm-hmm. a powerhouse in the regular season. Um, so I think uh, if they could move Jeff Teague at this point to trade to sell high on him, um, I'd love to see him to go to to go to Utah. Um, okay. There was a move that I think uh, it might have been on um, it might have been Bill Simmons that threw it out there, and I just absolutely loved it. Is to trade Jeff Teague to Utah, and you get Alec Burks and Trey Burke back. So what you get is a, a shooting guard who could put up at least 15, 16 a, a night in Alec Burks. Uh, to Atlanta, so you could start over Kent Bazemore, um, and then you get a backup in, in Trey Burke. But for Utah, they get a point guard that can take them into the playoffs, get them 16 to 18, run your offense until mm-hmm. Dante Exum turns into the point guard that they think he's going to turn into. That is supposed to be. I like it. I love the trade, but I'm just not sure. Uh, Alex Alec Burks's body is reliable. He's been injured a lot. He's I think he's out for he the has. season again. Yep. Yeah, he was in my uh, he was in my um, in my fantasy league, and it was mm-hmm. a huge mistake. Uh, guys, I have a, a solution to the Hassan Whiteside problem. It's the simplest solution I, I found, and I think it's a very smart one. You guys want to hear it? This is yes, this should be good. This is a uh, Whiteside is, is such a huge player right now. Here's the thing, guys. Hassan Whiteside is a very good defensive player. He's a very physically dominant uh, center. Is a seven footer who is on a minimum contract right now with the Miami Heat, and they're going to lose him at the end of the year. So Pat Riley is gambling hard right now to get as much as he can out of Hassan Whiteside. Uh, since he doesn't really want to give him give him max money at the end of the year uh, anyway because um, apparently he doesn't get along with his teammates. Uh, his teammates don't like him. Uh, apparently he's very childish and he chases stats over um, team defense and it gets uh, it got uh, Dwayne Wade pretty unhappy with him. So w- which team? Would be ready to give twenty million to Hassan Whiteside. You got each one of you got have one guess. Brooklyn. Oh uh, no, Kev? Uh, Chicago. No, sir. The Los Angeles Lakers. Of course. Who are, oh boy. Who are dying for some star powers? Who They're are, dying literally. Who are win- uh, But they they're not going to give much for him. But they they have an interesting asset who is named Jordan Clarkson who doesn't fit very well with the team because of D'Angelo Russell. So Jordan Clarkson and their second round pick from last year, Anthony Brown, who is a good a stretch four, is a, is a small three or a stretch four, depending on who you ask. And for Hassan Whiteside, who says no? The money works. The, yeah, I, <laughs> I think Miami says no just on the basis that apparently, unfortunately also, um, Chris Bosch is not doing so well. He might have uh, an issue again like he had last year with the blood clots. So it looks like he might be out for a long time, maybe even the whole season. So not having Bosch in there, if you remove Hassan Whiteside and not replace him with anything, you have a very, very bare uh, front court going into the playoffs. That's, well, you have Josh McRoberts, basically. You can always get, I'm uh, pretty sure the Lakers are going to throw uh, Roy Hibbert's expiring. What do you guys say? 
Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that's a huge one. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't I, – I don't blame them for, for trying to move him. I, I don't know about you, Ben, but I wouldn't max out um, Hassan Whiteside right now, would you? Neither, me neither. No, no, no. I wouldn't even give him $10 million. I would give him like the same – I would give him Rondo money. Just there you go, right. Uh, one little topic I want to touch on, gentlemen, is yes. something that you just mentioned. It's a player that doesn't get along with his teammates. And it's a topic that's coming out more and more, especially in the NBA, where mm-hmm. chemistry and the relationship between players seems to be very important. So how often does that happen in your experience? And is it normal? Should be professional go uh, above that? The fact that, oh, we don't like this guy, so we don't want him to play with us. Um. It's chemistry is taking more and more importance as uh, the sport is more team based than it used to be. It's going back to its roots of 1960s or 1970s uh, pre ABA basketball. Um, it's it's a culture like teams have to create culture that encourage uh, col- the the collective and uh, not the individual. A lot a lot of it has to do with it's a very deep question. That has to do with the sociological roots of basketball. A lot of kids uh, in the NBA are rags to riches story. A lot of kids uh, were every hopes and dreams of their family to get out of the ghetto. So a lot of players uh, think of themselves very highly in the NBA. So um, it's up to the teams really to foster different, uh, different cultures. Uh, the Spurs did it. The Warriors did it, and what do you think? And we have the opposite of both those teams going on right now in Phoenix, which oh, yeah. is the perfect <laughs> tie-in. You're talking about disgruntled players. Markeith Morris is a guy that has to be traded in the next two days. Oh, I have a Morris. You guys want to hear it? I, I've got a few too. I'd like to, I'd like to hear yours. Go ahead. Okay, uh, I call that the dunce hat trade because like every every GM who should wear a dunce hat this year is involved in that trade. It's a three trade. It's a three teams trade between the Suns, the Nets, and the Pelicans. <laughs> uh, and basically, the basically the Nets cannot be sellers at the trade deadline because they don't have. They're going to get fleeced because they're they're cornered right now. So they have to be buyers. They have to acquire talent. So. The Nets would acquire Markeith Maurice, TJ Warren, and Norris Cole. Um, the Suns would acquire Bojan Bogdanovic uh, because I want him to play with Bogdan Bogdanovic and like everybody <laughs> confused. He's a pretty good player too. And Tyreek Evans, crazy uh, out of whack contract. And the Pelicans, for their trouble, would acquire a real point guard in Jared Jack in order to play with Anthony Davis and a protected first-rounder from the Suns. What do you think? Well, I, I, I like I like Jared Jack on, on New Orleans, that's for sure. I think that would be a nice fit. Um, it's just that, that Tyreek Evans, you, you had him going to, to where, sorry? Um, to um, Phoenix. To Phoenix, wow. That's the only. That's that's my only issue. Then to have a guy like like Tyreek playing alongside already a system that you have is a little out of whack. Having their two point guard system with Brandon Knight and, and Eric Bledsoe, um, he he's he's a guy that just confuses the heck out of a lot of people in the league. I think, and especially on something like that with with that big of a contract, um, I, I don't know if if Phoenix wants to take that and and bite that bullet. 
they'll have to they'll have to roll the dice though. <laughs> they'll have yeah. to roll the dice if they well, want to get rid of Marquis. I know Ryan McDonough is pulling a Martin Shkreli right now and like is trying to <laughs> keep Marquis hostage. But uh, I think they'll have to bite the bullet and like take something back. What what is your uh, Marquis Morris trade? Um, I, I think just a very simple idea of trading one guy who doesn't fit and who's a bit of a knucklehead for another one. So I have Phoenix trading um, Markeith Morris and a second round pick to the Los Angeles Lakers for Nick Young and Marcelo Huertas. Uh, Mostly, like you said, the Lakers are kind of starving for for people who can play. Morris is still young. He's in his mid-20s, so he could still work. And Nick Young is obviously... Not working in LA, <laughs> um, so so maybe changing those, giving a, a new uh, a new uh, a little bit of change of a scenery for both guys might work. Um, but I think with those guys like Nick Young and and Markeith Morris, both teams are going to have to give a little, like you said. So if there is a deal to be made with those guys, you're either going to have to take back a big contract that has a few more years left on it, or you're going to have to add some picks. I like it. I really like the Nick Young from Markeith Morris part because I think Nick Young was good. Uh, Nick Young was good pre-Kobe. When Kobe came back, he just became uh, irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he would. I think Phoenix would need a little bit more convincing. Maybe throw Jordan, Jordan Clarkson in there, and I think it would work because Marcelo Huertas is as good as gone. Man. Oh yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. That. Or, Huertas is there to just work out the the financials to make the money work. He's uh, uh, he's not going to be back. No, he's. Uh, I think he's going to run back to um, Spain and cry himself to sleep every night. <laughs> so, so are we doing the fun trades now? Go ahead. I, oh, I have your wacky trades that might not ever happen, but who knows? You never know. Honestly, this trade has zero point zero 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 one percent chance of happening, but it's so much fun. Okay, it's a three-team trade between the Clippers, the Celtics, and the 76ers. Um, the, the Celtics get Blake Griffin and Hollis Thompson. Um, the Clippers get Avery Bradley, international man of mystery Joel Embiid, <laughs> uh, uh, David Lee's uh, contract, Brooklyn's top three pick, and, uh, and the 76ers' top ten pick. The 76ers get Lance Stephenson, Jared Sullinger and Boston's first rounder. Who says no? I, I think the LA league. says no. The league <laughs> says no. Yeah, the league might say no to that. You think so? I, I think the Clippers the Clippers don't make that big that big jump outside of that top three pick that, that that's gonna be Brooklyn um, giving that gave away their top three pick. Um, that I think it's a little weak for what you could get for a guy like Griffin. Well, would you? Who would you add from the Celtics or um, the 76ers? I think, especially from the Celtics, a guy like Jay Crowder, who's under contract for the next four oh. or five years, who's oh. a good player, plays great defense, and and the Clippers have been uh, been needing a. a, a, a th- Three, a starting three for a long time. They've had Matt Barnes there for a few years, Paul Pierce, Lance Stevenson, Wesley Johnson. It, it's 
It's an empty spot on the in their lineup. I think so, a guy who could play defense like that would be fantastic for them. So if you switch Avery Bradley for Jay Crowder, who says no? <laughs> I, I don't know if you switch them out. I think you might have to add both of them because I think LA is going to command an overpayment for a guy like Blake Griffin. Yeah. And then yeah, you might have to sense. work the money out that way. That makes sense. Oh, if, would you do that then? Would that be too much for you, giving up Crowder and Bradley, two defensive uh, gurus essentially? Honestly, no. You still have Marcus Smart. You still have... Uh, You still have uh, your defensive identity. I would, I would give both for Blake. Honestly, wow. I would give both for like such a pick and roll powerhouse mm -hmm. to have in Boston, and people in Boston would love him. And him and Isaiah playing together would be a lot of fun to watch. Oh my god, that'd be so much fun. Tell me, give me one of your wacky trades. Okay, I have. I had a, an idea for, oh, that was a wacky one. I've got a lot of practical ones here that work out really nicely. Um, one of my wacky ones that I had was also a Blake Griffin to Boston one. Okay. Blake Griffin and Lance Stevenson going to, to Boston for Jay Crowder, David Lee's expiring contract, Avery Bradley, Jared Sullinger, and Brooklyn's first-round pick. All of that I for Blake. I'd make that tomorrow morning. That, 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 I think that's a, that's a great one to go ahead. I, I think I've made that tomorrow morning because Blake is worth it. And you're probably not going to get a guy as good as Blake with, mm -hmm. with, the, with the first round pick. No, that makes complete sense to me. I, I don't have a wacky one, but there's one here that I, I want to throw by you and see what you think about it. It's just straight up old school player for player trade. Okay. Chicago making their situation a little bit easier in the front court where they have too many players with Bobby mm -hmm. Portis, Noah, Gasol. So they trade Taj Gibson to Houston mm -hmm. for Trevor Ariza straight up. Money works. You have a three in Trevor Ariza who could shoot the three really well. He spaces the floor a little bit more. He knows his role. He's just going to take shots. And then you get a little bit more time for Bobby Portis, more for Noah. And he's a good defensive player. I'd say yeah. yes. I'd say yes to this. No, no. Well, yeah, why not? And in actual news, yeah. Taj Gibson was apparently offered to Toronto for Ooh. for Patrick Patterson, which uh, this was a few hours ago. Apparently Toronto said no to it. Um, but it, it shows that Chicago is looking to at least make a move, and Gibson might be the guy to get something in return for. He's the guy that has the most value right now. He's yeah. the guy they're going to get. Uh, I have a crazy Bulls trade, guys. You want to hear it? Yep. Let's go. <laughs> it, it is, um, Anything with the Bulls can be a little crazy right now. They've got a lot of pieces. The, the thing is, I want to work that Derrick Rose situation for the Bulls. I think Derrick Rose is not the captain of that ship anymore. I think they need a guy who passes the ball better, and he needs to go away. But where do you send Chicago's son? I'm asking you. You send Chicago Sun to Milwaukee, of course. <laughs> you, you send um, you send Derrick Rose to Milwaukee uh, around along with a first rounder from Houston in 2017, and then the Bulls uh, get in return another son of Chicago, uh, Jabari Parker. They get Milwaukee's first rounder, and they get a point guard audition. Uh, which are, consists of Ty Lawson and Michael Carter-Williams. Like, whoever he, uh, plays best gets uh, the, the, the gig. The Rockets, 
for their trouble, get uh, Pau Gasol and OJ Mayo, two veterans that they can help that can help them make a uh, make a deep playoff run. What do you think? Wow, that that's that's a lot of moving parts. That's that's great. I think the only issue there, adding <laughs> Derrick Rose to a team who already shoots poorly. I mean, he, he's probably an upgrade on, on Michael Carter-Williams, who you already know how I feel about <laughs> MCW. I'm not going to get into that with his shooting. But but Derrick Rose's shooting is, is just as poor this season. It's really, really not good. Um, but Pow in, in Houston. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think Why that would not? be very, very interesting. Along alongside Dwight Howard stretching the with floor. his passing ability as well, that oh, that's man. that's a that would be a really nice move. I I like I like it. If the Bucks, I'm gambling because the Bucks are going nowhere right now. All right, gentlemen. Quick question before we wrap this up for today. It was the All Star Game this weekend. The All Star Game itself was all right, like it always is. But the dunk contest was one for the ages. Where. The last couple of years, the three-point contest was the main focus of the uh, the skills competition. It still was last Saturday, but those two dunks to finish the contest were awesome. But the one over the mascot, the sitting one underneath it to dunk it, geez, Gordon should have won it. Um, what do you think? Oof. It, the, the thing is, it was not his last dunk. Uh, he had a 50 True. dunk. It should have been his last dunk. And Levine made a crazy Halley hoop from the free throw line, which I think deserved the fifty also. Uh, yeah, but maybe they're too like they're too loose on their their scoring system, which oh, makes definitely. it yeah right because yeah. it's just for fun. If you want to make it something like make the scoring system like less all this all the competition long, so when you have mm-hmm. that in the final, the ten means something. Uh, I guess Kevin, who do you think won? Uh, Levine did at least. I mean, Gordon's dunk, his single dunk over the mascot was was fantastic. It was the best dunk of the night, best single dunk. But as a whole, Levine did at least three or four dunks that we have absolutely never seen before. He did a win, a, a, a small windmill. He kind of did like a tomahawk from the the free free throw line. It was an alley hoop too. Yeah, on an alley hoop. And then he finished off his last dunk with a between the legs from the free throw line. That is completely unheard of. That's oh, absolutely yeah. insane. He, people, he, he won by far in, in my book, as good as Gordon was. I think so too. And I think people underestimate the crazy difficulty that is to yeah. dunk from the free throw line. People were yeah. going crazy over simple free throw line dunks before. But this guy made... Tricks from the free throw line. He was, I've never seen that before either. And I also think he deserved to win. Um, the, the Gordon's dunk was really impressive in its amplitude. But what people who are not familiar with dunk contests uh, don't know is that he's been done before quite a few times. It's, it was just crazy yeah. high. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think we both agree that Levine won. Uh, didn't steal yeah. that uh, contest. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what do you remember, gentlemen? We'll finish with this one. What do you remember of the All Star Game in Toronto? Was it what's the your moment of the weekend? Um, I think the dunk contest. Honestly, it was as good as the three point shootout one. And by the way, I had the right winner this time with Clay Thompson. I think uh, <laughs> the uh, I think the the dunk contest was so amazing. And even the two dunkers who didn't make it to the final, Will Barton and Andrew Drummond, did very good work. The the Drum and soccer uh, dunk with Steve Nash was amazing. It was just 
that good of a dunk contest. I don't think it's it, it's anywhere near Michael Jordan versus Dominique Wilkins because it would be like Paul George and LeBron James having a dunk off, but it was close. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I, absolutely, hands down, it's the it's the dunk contest. I mean, the, the fans were good. They it, it was nice having in in, in Toronto. Um, but the the dunk contest just stole the show completely, especially that you have it compared to a few. You have the three point contest, which was very good, and the skills competition this year was quite interesting. You had Carl Anthony Towns against Isaiah Thomas in the finals, mm-hmm. but but those dunks, like you were saying, it, it wasn't. It's not Dominique against against MJ. It's 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 close. The dunks mm-hmm. were great, but it's not the same magnitude of having the two best players. Um, but this year, it's it's going to set the stage for some crazy dunk contests in the next few years. People are going to be trying to set the bar higher and higher every year. And if Levine keeps on um, competing in it, who knows what we could get. Yeah, I think Levine is going to end up uh, just bowing out one year because it's very difficult on the knees. They have yeah. to get the youngest guys possible. But he, I think he's going next year. I think Gordon's going in next year. And the trick will be to have and find uh, young legs in order to... Uh, there's a young kid in the draft named Stefan Zimmerman, who is a seven-footer with a lot of bounce. So if he declares uh, in June, it's going to be very interesting to see if he goes in the uh, dunk contest. Absolutely. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Kevin, thank you very much for joining us this week on uh, Hardwood Radio. Thanks for having me. Ben, thank you again. Yes. See you, man. You were listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us, sportspodcastingnetwork.com.